the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment now continues with the tradition of WrestleMania. WrestleMania 1. WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 3. WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 5. WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 8. WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 10. And now, WrestleMania 11. This year, starring Baywatch's Pamela Anderson. Home Improvement's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. MTV's Jennifer McCarthy. NYPD Blue's Nicholas Torturo. With special musical guests, Salt and Peppa. And featuring Lawrence Taylor's All-Pro Team. Welcome again to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, what do you have for us from the news desk for this last week of July 2017? Well, we skipped a week. We did. So We didn't miss much. We missed a lot, dude. No, we missed a terrible pay-per-view. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Well, Battleground. Yeah. What Nothing you, happened. What did you think about it? It's totally pointless. I did not see the main event. However, I am hearing lots of arguments about how no one could see anything that was happening because of the Pujami prison. Yeah, the structure. If you were there alive, they didn't put the match on the Titan Tron either. So... And they had to raise the uh, the thing that's over the basketball games to get the cage in. So if you had good seats, good floor seats, you couldn't see shit. See, that's fucked up. It is fucked up, but... You I, I love the idea of the, of the, the match. You okay. love gimmick matches. I love gimmick matches. I am straight up there with it. However, that, I think, is fucked up. Well, it is. And it's... I mean, that's why they hadn't used it in... 10 years even when they did it the first two matches you couldn't see anything even the cameramen couldn't get good angles back then they they improved the camera angles a little bit for this uh, most recent one with Orton and Jinder Mahal but I don't think there was any suspense to who's gonna win this match I mean Randy Orton's not gonna win the Punjabi prison match against Jinder Mahal however my good friend the great Kali finally makes his return back into WWE I'm happy to see him back I think that was just a one-off thankfully because he is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever to think that this man held the world championship what a disgrace what a disgrace to pro wrestling now I know he can't move around as much he can't move that's it as much he can't can't move he cannot move around as much the Andre the Giant statue moves about as well as the great Kali the Andre the Giant memorial statue could have been holding Randy Orton's neck and it would have been just as equally 
as cool of a finish. It would have been a better finish, actually. I hope this isn't building to a SummerSlam, Randy Orton, Great Khali match. Oh, I hope so. I hope it'd be awesome. Because this would be the one thing to be able to pull off bringing Khali back. The only reason I would want it to happen, and this is a very, I just want to s- send Randy Orton into a shitty match. That's the only reason I would want it to happen. To punish him for being such a jerk. The point I was going to make about these B-shows is, yeah, it's not a pay-per-view world where I'm going to call in a cable provider and pay for this thing. Yeah, you've got my 10 bucks, okay? So it's I'm going to get it for free, basically. It comes with the network. So it's on the house. Right. But here's what you're doing to the live crowd when you put on these subpar, substandard shows, these B-show pay-per-views, is when one comes to town, if one of these B-shows comes to Atlanta or Nashville, Patrick, right. I'm not going to be running out to buy a ticket for it. There still has to be some quality there for the live for the live fans. And in this case, the main event, they couldn't even see it. And in the Raw, the last Raw B-show, outside of the main event, which did deliver, thankfully, the Joe and Lesnar match delivered for the most part, but the rest of the Raw card that night was kind of underwhelming too. So yeah. these B-shows have been consistently since Mania. Yeah. There hasn't been a show no. really that... No. Sticks out in my mind. The match that really took me by surprise was the women's match and how well orchestrated it was done and the way in which the timing and everything, it was it was done very well. And I'm glad to see Natalia finally getting a push. It's odd that they didn't have a title match on the card and yes. that they didn't tease Carmella cashing in the briefcase. Here's what's going to happen. Natalia's going to win it. Carmella's going to cash in. Bing, bang, boom. Carmella she walks out. She can't cash out. in on another heel, though. Carmella walks out of SummerSlam, your new SmackDown Women's Champion. I think she's going to hold on to that briefcase a bit longer, but we, we shall see. You wasted John Cena in a flag match. Of put your flag in the in that a was, that match. Was a, that was a rough match to watch, man. But what a waste of John Cena. Yeah. You know, this guy just uh, a couple weeks ago and says, you know, my time is ticking away here in the company. And so we're going to burn one of our last John Cena matches, you know, I mean, on a consistent basis. He'll be like The Rock. He shows up when he wants to. So we're going to burn one of those on a stick of flag and a hole match. He could be wrestling Kevin Owens. He could be wrestling... uh, Oh, oh, they're going to give away on SmackDown this Tuesday. Nakamura and John Cena. They're going to give that away. That is insane. So I guess it'll be Nakamura and Jinder at SummerSlam, I guess, is the direction they're going. Uh, But back to the pay-per-view. I don't understand the ending of AJ and Kevin Owens. I don't know what they were going for exactly. And it didn't look to it me almost, like AJ's shoulders were down at all to no, me. No, it almost was like Kevin Owens was hurt or or and AJ was like, take it home. I don't know. Or well, maybe AJ was hurt and Owens well, said, take it home. I, I don't. It was a giant cluster. There's a conspiracy theory, though, because, you know, there are betting sites where you can bet on pro wrestling. And there was AJ was the heavy favorite going into this match. And then right at the last second, a lot of money came in for Kevin Owens. So it's almost like. A Pete Rose conspiracy where, like, the WWE bet on, bet on itself, yeah, and changed the finish at the last second. And then, I mean, they just flipped the title right back on Tuesday, so right. it's, it had no consequence whatsoever. But makes you wonder, though. Yeah, really, one day, one day the story may come out. If but that free money's out there, you know, they're going to take betting it. on pro wrestling is one of the most insane things. I mean, betting on sports in general is very risky, but especially. When you know the outcome is determined by somebody, you know, like I mean, yeah, that's very very risky. Yeah. So, so, um, but it looked it looked like trash. Yeah, I mean, it looked bad, man. It looked yeah. really bad between uh, two very uh, competent performers. 
I don't do much UFC, but Cyborg, do you know her? Yeah, Chris Cyborg, yeah. Okay. Says that she wants to be a part of SummerSlam. She wants a piece of Becky Lynch. Yeah, they've been going at each other on uh, Twitter. And, I mean, it could be possible that they work her in because, I mean, technically, I mean, if the UFC still owes them something for letting Lesnar fight last year, you know, eventually they'll have to cash that in and, you know, get something for it. That would be, I, I feel like... That could be why Becky Lynch was thrown out of the uh, the five women match to have her own match when SummerSlam hits. Well, the big rumor is that the four horsewomen of of MMA are going to take on the four horsewomen of NXT in a match. So that would mean, of course, Ronda Rousey in the mix, possibly by Survivor Series or WrestleMania. So, yeah. but Survivor Series would be traditional four on four. That would be the place to have it. So. That's an idea that's being floated, but yeah, this Chris Cyborg match might actually happen. I mean, if if that's if that was something that actually if the UFC owes them something, uh, well, they probably time is ticking on them to cash it in because it's been a little over a year since Brock fought, so I'm sure that the contract, you know, the exchange has to happen pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. So we shall see. Going off of Lesnar, here's another one. Uh, John Jones says, and I quote... Yeah, he wants a mega fight. I want a piece of Lesnar's ass. Yeah, John Jones, who just uh, returned, knocked out Daniel Cormier uh, last night, uh, reclaimed his light heavyweight championship. Yeah, the UFC, uh, with the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight signed, and um, Ronda Rousey basically retired for the most part, they need stars. Yeah. And they need mega fights. And this company just got sold for $4 billion last year. They're trying to make a return on investment. Uh, Brock is about to re-enter the USADA testing pool. He will be eligible for a fight possibly by December if he can get into camp and get into shape and pass all his stuff. So they could have this mega fight. Now, Jones would be at a great weight disadvantage. He'd have to put on enough weight to make heavyweight. And even then, he's still going to be so undersized compared to Lesnar. But his reach advantage... Is the man has... It's way out there. The man's reach is real. I mean, he's a skilled fighter. He's yeah. He's the best MMA fighter on the planet. When he... Just like Brock, he can't... He always stumbles and fails these drug tests or gets into trouble. Yeah. But uh, he's the best MMA fighter, I think, on the planet. I think he's even better than Connor. It would be an interesting matchup, but I do think he would probably win just because of his reach advantage. And Brock does not like getting punched in the face. Yeah. And... As long as Brock doesn't get on him and use his weight to basically just hold Jones down. If Jones if Jones stands with him, I think Jones will take him take him out. He'll yeah, and I think and out. I think Jones is quick enough to dodge any shoot yeah. Brock shooting on him or anything. Yeah. And he's currently tied for the longest uh, UFC win streak in history. So I mean, this guy hasn't lost in a long. The one no. his one career loss was because of an illegal elbow to the head. So he's technically undefeated. Uh, so it's it's almost like the Mayweather-McGregor fight. It's very lopsided. But that would be interesting, and it would be interesting to know if WWE would allow that to happen because... Well, he, he actually said he would be willing for it to happen in a WWE ring at a WWE event. I don't see UFC allowing that. I no. see it happening in a UFC event in a UFC cage, which I feel like is the better place for it. I don't know that it's necessarily better. I mean, a worked match between the two would be, I think, fine. No, I actually want to see Jones kick his ass. Oh, okay. 
Well, I don't want a worked match. I want to see John Jones shut Lesnar the fuck up. Lesnar's contract's up at WrestleMania, and he's already said he's not re-signing. I mean, and that could just be a contract ploy to try to get more money. Yeah, see, he said that shit last time, and then I know. they rolled the bank. It could, it could be taking place next year, so it's between, you know... It's a possibility. It's a def- And at 41, even in the heavyweight division, when this guy goes back, if he goes back, he's still a contender in their heavyweight division. He can still draw think money. So? Against top guys, I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. But he can still he's still a big name. Draw money. Right. That's what it's all about really sometimes. I mean, I- CM Punk had a UFC fight, so that's true. So it's it's really just about name recognition. Sometimes so, it's just about making money. Well, you, you brought up CM Punk. How much longer are we going to have to wait before we see him back in WWE? I don't think we're ever going to see him back in WWE. I think we will. I think we'll see him in another promotion. You think he will he will be back in wrestling, though? Yes, I do. I do foresee him returning to wrestling. Okay. With that being said, let's go straight into Global Force and all of their... Because I think, like you said, if he doesn't go to WWE... That's where he's going to go is to work for Jeff Jarrett. Don't see that happening. Really? Don't. No, I don't. Because that's the only other place he could go. I really don't think Lucha Underground could. Well, Sinclair, uh, that owns Ring of, Ring of Honor, Sinclair is about to buy Tribune Media for billions, like $3 billion. So they have the money to sign him. And if they wanted to make Ring of Honor a true competitor to WWE, a closer number two than I think they already are the number two. I think they've already surpassed Global Force is the number two promotion in America, not yeah. counting New Japan. New Japan, probably worldwide, is num- definitely number two. But in the United States ca- Canadian market, Ring of Honor is number two. Yeah. And if he's going to show, he was that's where he became a star, CM Punk. And so if they wanted to make a run at it, I think he would go back there. I think that would be his most likely landing spot um, out of the American promotions. And I don't really see him working out in New Japan, so if he does return, I think it's to Ring of Honor. That would be awesome to see him in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, and I think uh, you bring in, I mean, like, I mean, Cody Rhodes is their world champion. Yeah, no, I I agree. That that idea had slipped my mind. That would be a perfect place for him. You were absolutely right. And there's a lot of uh, Matt Riddell and uh, some of the uh, unsigned indie talent that's out there i mean they could have a really good roster i mean they've always that's what they've been known for yeah. is always having the a great roster the next big tomorrow's stars but if they get some of yesterday's stars it's almost like a wcw thing where yeah you bring in some of the older talent and make make, make a run stars of, yeah make a run at it all right well let's go on to global force uh magnus do you remember magnus from i do yes magnus told global force to kiss his ass he was done okay global force magnus is gone magnus who is also married to magnus was married to is married to is married to wwe female wrestler mickey james oh okay okay hence the name why he did not go to re-sign with global force hint hint wink wink nudge nudge Give it time, you will see Magnus so it's in gonna be, NXT very soon making it called. So it's going to be right Maria and Mike Kanellis versus uh, Mickey James and Magnus. Is that what it's going to be? Dude, that'd be that'd be I'd intergender tag. Titles. I'd be into that. We're I'd very be in, close. I'd, I, we are really close. <laughs> we are very close, especially with Miz and Maurice. Oh I yeah, see, I see this working Rusev out. Rusev and Lana. I mean, the possibility. Renee Young, Dean Ambrose, Cena, and um, Cena and Nikki Bella. 
I mean, we've got one of the uh, Usos and uh, what's her name, Naomi. Naomi. I mean, we've yeah. got tons of uh, yeah. couples that are ready to go for those titles. Intergender <laughs> champions. There you go, right there. And of course, I mean Carmel and James on screen couples too. You know, yeah. so there you go. That would add a whole new texture to wrestling. No, I, I think we've got enough belts. No, around. come on, that that would that would add it all. You're new always texture. for more belts, more gimmick matches. You yeah. can never get enough. You can never get enough. There is never a bad gimmick. It's only bad execution. Yes, well that is true. John Morrison signs with Global Force Wrestling to leave Lucha Underground. Lucha yeah. Underground. Yet, uh, Lucha Underground still not sure they're coming back for another season. So he was. Uh, he needed somewhere to go. He went with the guaranteed money. He would have worked out real well in the Miztourage or to feud with the Miztourage right now in WWE. So they missed out on an opportunity. But the way this guy looks, I'm not sure he's uh, going to pass the wellness policy if he came back full time. So with his uh, eight pack or whatever. this He looked ripped when we saw him in Orlando, dude. When you talked to him, he was jacked. Oh, he's well, he's always been. I mean, it's not like it's... I know it's not that. like it's a gender mahal where it's like, oh, I blinked and you suddenly turned into a monster. You, <laughs> this guy was always, yeah, just bursting at but the seams. He's, I mean, that's true. That's yeah. very true. Matt Morgan says he is done with Global Force Wrestling. They probably didn't offer him another contract. I've never really been impressed with this guy. I've you really never, haven't liked Matt Morgan? Never. Big man, slow. Yeah, just I just did not, not last very long in WWE. No, went straight to TNA. Back when it was actually TNA in Nashville. Well, there was a lot of... Uh, Jarrett picked him up. Like, uh, there was a lot of big guys like that in WWE that just flamed out, like Tyson Tomko and Went from, Nathan Jones. I mean, you, uh, yeah. just big guys. Big uh, Matt Morgan, was, I, I think he was... A, was he a tough enough guy or no? He was a tough enough guy. Oh, he was? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, if he's not, I'll just cut it. So, And he's not a big enough name to draw money on the indie circuit either, so uh, I don't know what the future holds for him. Sorry. And this is, this is the craziest shit I've ever heard. Global Force Wrestling lets go and releases is Al Snow from his contract. What now, was he doing for them? He was actually working as a trainer, a head trainer, and, and things like that for him. He, his contract carried over from Impact to the transfer over to Global Force. They went ahead and told him he was, uh, he was no longer needed. Now that, I think, is a huge disaster because Al Snow is a brilliant man and a great trainer and Someone that I feel could build the next superstars to help Global Force maybe transform into something bigger. The uh, the Edge and Christian show could quite possibly be canceled from the WWE Network. Well, I mean, they've already canceled Talking Smack. If they cancel this, I think it would be a mistake because other than Talking Smack, this was one of the other network-produced shows that actually... I watched some of it, a little bit of it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it and watched every episode. A lot of their their original, in quotation mark, programming, I'm not really into. A lot of it's the, you know, table for three and when they're riding in the car, what's really the difference other than the setting, you know? Yeah. Um, ride along and table for three are the same thing. Yeah, it, it was different. It was original. And uh, it's probably over money because uh, you have two guys that can't wrestle and uh, how much are you going to pay them? Cost-benefit, to because they've got my $10 no matter what, whether they produce the show or not. I'm not going to cancel the network if they don't produce this show. That's true. So 
that's really that's the dilemma that original programming on their face faces is like how much are we going to invest when we know that we've got you uh, have you ever seen a movie called Pure Country? No, that was the Shawn Michaels movie. No. He's got another one coming no. out, right? Pure Country is a... Oh, the Willie Nelson movie. No. Right? Pure Country is an okay. old 90s movie with George Strait. Okay. Country singer George Strait. All right. They made another one and put Willie Nelson in the role of George Strait, pretty much. Now, WWE bought the franchise. Right. Made another one and put Shawn Michaels in it. I think Willie Nelson's in it, and too. And Willie though. Nelson is in it as well. So I'm inter- I- I'm a fan of the first one. I think it's a great movie. You know me, man. Classic country all the way. So it's it's right up my alley. However, you well, know it is a WWE Studios. It film, is WWE so. Studios. So we got to see from how- the same company that brought you the Marine Five. See no evil. So or, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, the one about a bully, like where Triple H is like, oh, where he's the bus driver or some <laughs> shit. I know what you're talking about. Or like where Big Show... Yeah, Big Show's a... Yeah. There's a lot of bad WWE Studios films out there. There are some good ones, too. Leprechaun Origin, starring Hornswoggle. Really? Yes. Jingle All the Way 2, starring Santino Morella. Okay, I like the first one. I've never seen this one with Santino, though, so... Well, of course. No one's seen a lot of these films. They're buying out these old franchises. Is what it boils down to. Santa's so. Little Helper, starring The Miz and Paige. Well, that sounds weird. <laughs> well, especially considering Paige's uh, later film work. <laughs> Surf's Up 2, Wave Mania. That was that animated straight-to-video yeah, thing. Yeah, With, like, penguins that surfed. No, I think Bending right. the Rules with Edge. The Reunion with John Cena. Inside Out with Triple H. That's the one. Oh, the chaperone with Triple H. That's the one the I'm thinking. The chaperone, that's the one. Where he's going to keep you from getting bullied. Yes. So hire the game. That'll be... We should do that one for a review one week. We're going to review the, the chaperone. chaperone. Yeah. yeah. I can already tell you where it'll probably fall on the rating scale. Oh, it's, I can tell you not, it's going to fall real low. Uh, speaking of Triple H, Triple H and Stephanie, this... Uh, the weekend of SummerSlam are going to do a meet and greet. All, no. all proceeds go straight to Connor's Cure. And tickets are, I believe, $200 a piece. Well, considering, you know, for access for when you, like, want to get the VIP with, like, The Undertaker or whatever, that's like 150 200 so it's really not that bad. Yeah. If you love Triple H and Stephanie, I don't know who does, but there are people out there. I've met Triple H. And this is for a good cause, Patrick. I've met Triple H hundreds of times. I've met Stephanie only a few times, but uh, Stephanie is, is cool to meet and be able to talk to. So, How do you feel about the angle with uh, Kurt Angle's illegitimate son? It's just so stupid. <laughs> I can't. It's fine. Whatever. No, it's bad. <laughs> Well, it's really disapp- it's a disappointing payoff when it was built up for so many weeks. Now, it did work. It increased the ratings for that episode by just a little bit. Yeah. So it did work. Yeah. Um, but the payoff wasn't there because, you know, everyone wanted Dixie Carter to walk out as, you know, the new Mrs. Kurt Angle or whatever. They wanted something new. Something, and yeah. Something new. I mean, Jason Jordan was on the SmackDown roster already. And actually, I mean, honestly, Chad Gable is the better prospect out of the two American Alpha guys. Yeah, but he doesn't look like Kurt Angle. Neither of them look like <laughs> Kurt Angle. Because Jason Jordan is black. I didn't know if anyone knew that. Uh, what? Yeah. I, Are you serious? News, yeah. 
Now, that's not saying Kurt Angle couldn't have hooked up with a nice African-American woman in college, as he mentioned. It was before he was married, so it wasn't even something he did. That's also a, a big hole in this story is like he's looking at these text messages like whoa this could destroy me it's just jason jordan saying hey i'm your son from a relationship you had when you were in college it's not that big of a deal <laughs> hey dad can i come see you on this show but he was looking at this phone with Corey graves like oh my goodness this could wreck me and i just hope that they don't give jason jordan like the olympic slam and the ankle lock oh and they're the, going to the theme music they're going to i don't think so and it'll kill him because every single person will chant you suck wwe's gonna think oh see they're reacting to him in a negative way so they we all love him they're making noise. And that's They're making noise. Point. That's all that matters. And it's going to ruin his career because he's going to be the next Roman Reigns. Yeah. I think this storyline ends with Jason Jordan revealing that he really isn't Kurt Angle's son, that he just used it as a ploy to get on Raw and advance his career. Really? That's how I think it ends. Yeah. I hope so because this is the only way that it's going to save somewhat of a face for his whatever. To be so stupid. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. That the one and only, the one greatest WWE superstar of all time is safe and healthy after his helicopter crash, uh-huh. Shane McMahon. He's fallen from high uh, places before. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just practicing for his next high spot at Did, WrestleMania. Really? You think he's... It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Well, they haven't mentioned it on TV. You would think it's not in a McMahon's nature to not mention that they are so badass that, you know... Yeah. A helicopter crash can't take them down. That is true. It must have been very traumatic on his family, though. And uh, I included that clip from after the Kurt Angle match he had at King of the Ring, where his wife absolutely hated it and did not want to talk about it and can't watch it. So I'm sure she was probably like, do not talk about that helicopter crash. Do not go out there and brag about it or whatever. You're lucky to be alive. Never mention it again. Yeah. But if it was Vince or Triple H or Stephanie, they would be strutting out there on TV. Oh, yeah, Talking they'd be bragging like... Ted was- Turner couldn't take me down. A helicopter couldn't take me down. The government couldn't take me down. You know what saved me? My grapefruits. They <laughs> floated me to the shore. Just a big... They would definitely use this as a, as a talking point. So, I'm oh, so It's yeah. very shocking to me, but Shane's not like them. He's cut from a different cloth. So. That's true. It's, it's very, it's very odd. He's like his mother, and I don't think Linda would ever do yeah, anything exactly. like that. Yeah, so. exactly. So... And finally, I wanted to mention that ESPN is going to make us wait until November for the Nature Boy 30 yes. for 30. And I that posted, is very upsetting. You posted me. that on our on our Facebook page. I turned around and posted it onto my page. I wanted to see it. Uh, you I'm know, pumped, it's supposed to be man. out in the spring here. And uh, yeah, I'm and, pumped. It looks it looks badass. Oh no, it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. it looks. Uh, wonderfully produced yeah as most 30 for 30s are and uh and since there's sound bites from vince on it you know it's going to portray the company in a very positive light so the company's all behind it they're going to have sting uh they're gonna have hogan yeah i saw hogan on there too they're going to have uh so multiple people not just it's not wwe people it's actually going to be just big names from the wrestling business as a whole. The one soundbite from Shawn Michaels in the thing where it's like, oh, Richard Fleer, he's the real person. Uh, I think Ric Flair's the real person. I think uh, at yeah. some point Ric Flair took over Richard Fleer and uh, never looked back. And, yeah. Uh, the, this documentary is basically inspired by a, a Grantland article from a few years ago that's uh, really, really great, so check that out. Uh, my pick for this week, a terrible, terrible WrestleMania. One of the worst, if not the worst, 
after watching it again, it's it's almost moving into my number one worst WrestleMania ever spot. Oh, see, I love this WrestleMania. That's weird because very, there's nothing very to under, like on it. It's very underrated. Very underrated. No. Yes. Very underrated. So my pick for this week was WrestleMania 11, sponsored by Stridex. It's April 2nd, 1995, smack dab in the middle of the new generation, led by world champion Diesel, Kevin Nash, (laughs) attended by 16,305 alleged people, more like 15,000, paying an average ticket price of $50 a ticket, and right in the WWE's backyard in Hartford, Connecticut. I wish WrestleMania tickets were only $50 now. Uh, For this level of entertainment at WrestleMania 11, $50, I would want my money back. Because this was really garbage. See, I like this. I thought it was good. Very underrated. The opening promo was one of the lamest promos. It literally just oh, counts no. the number of WrestleManias. I, I and they carefully have to cut around all the stars that left the company because you know Warrior's gone, Hogan's gone, Macho Man's gone, Flair's gone, Steamboat's gone. So like all. All these WrestleMania moments are just celebrities. Yeah. And Andre the Giant, who's dead. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And it just counts. It's like WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 2. Yeah, we see like Willie Nelson, Reba McIntyre, and all the, you know, boys to men, things like that. And you're like, they're not wrestlers. They just came to sing the national anthem. Well, that's because pretty much everybody else on that card is gone. Is gone. Yeah, for one reason or another. Uh, This was, of course, the down period. For the company. It was. Diesel, the worst drawing world champion ever. And he is going to headline their premiere. Oh, wait. Sorry. He's not headlining. Lawrence Taylor will headline the show. Because this is, of course, when wrestling was obsessed with the NFL. Get it right. Get it right. LT is taking on the baddest big man in professional wrestling, Bam Bam Bigelow. Of course, it's time for America the Beautiful. Yes. Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon will have our call. Vince's mic doesn't work at first to introduce Special Olympian Kathy Huey, who is blind. She's apparently also deaf because her tone for America the Beautiful oh. was uh, quite off. Oh, that's... Uh, her, her falsetto was, uh, I... was truly false. They built this WrestleMania on star power, not storylines, yeah. really. Star power, because we yes. have tons of celebrity cameos tonight. Yeah. And, uh... A lot. Yeah. With, uh, big, big stars. A-listers, buddy. Oh, there was there was about four big, big stars that were there. We start the night, our kickoff match, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog. A rare time when an American and a foreigner can be tag team partners. And be over, sort of. Well... As over as a guy that's clearly on the way out of the company, Lex Luger. I mean, this is quite the downgrade. It is, man. Seeing as how he's coming back from being a part of... He won the Rumble. Co-winner of the Rumble last year with Brett. Yeah, and part of the main event of WrestleMania 10. Right. Debuted at 9 as the Narcissist. Now he's jerking the curtain at WrestleMania 11. In a tag match, not for the tag belts, with the British Bulldog. Why? Vince probably saw these guys said, oh, they're big guys. They wear red, white, and blue. Put them together. 
he's proud of his country and he's proud of his too. But that, it, that was more like Zeb Coulter. They're going to take on Ron and Don Harris, aka the Blue Brothers, here in 1995 with, with Zebediah Coulter. And if you had not told me this was Ron and Don Harris, I wouldn't know because they had big afros and they're big and fat, and they are just looking right out of the woods. Uh, they were not in their uh, skinhead mode yes. yet, and they weren't their biker. So, phase. so this was this was pre DOA. Yes, this was pre DOA. Their uh, their manager was Uncle Zebediah, Zeb Coulter, right? AKA Zeb Coulter, AKA Dutch Mantel, Dutch Mantel, Dirty Dutch, Dirty Dutch Mantel. There you go. Yeah, from from Tennessee, and uh, a great mind in wrestling, and so, still working in the business. Had a very very long career. One of the longest yeah, careers in pro wrestling. He has. In, in every capacity. Yeah. Wrestling, backstage, manager. I was, watch, I was watching a, a um, Georgia Championship Wrestling one one night, and he was in the main event of it. <laughs> wow. Wrestling. That's crazy that yeah, he's still around. Yeah, and this was like in 83, I think. And so it was, I mean, it's impressive. This match is basically just a squash match. Just oh, a, yeah. The Lexorcist and the British Bulldog start things up with double power slams and clotheslines. Bulldog hits a delayed vertical suplex, which was nice, and one of his only three wrestling moves in this match. Uh, Lex Luger hits his bionic forearm to one of the Harris boys, who attempt twin magic, but it doesn't work. It's not really twin magic when all you do is just kick out of a pin and then get your ass kicked again. It's yeah. like twin magic is supposed to get you the win. It's supposed to be used as an advantage, not just we lose anyway. What's the point of twin magic? When it when it was uh, Mizdow, I really wish they had done twin magic, even though they looked nothing alike. Oh, that would have been they hilarious. They really missed out on the yeah. opportunity. That would have been hilarious. Magic. And then the referee turned around and be like, no, really? They've get- done twin magic with people that don't look very similar, like yeah. Brie and Nikki Bella after the uh, breast implant surgery. Yeah. They don't look very similar. They still did twin magic after yes. that. So anyway, this match ends when British Bulldog hits a top rope sunset flip. Wow, what a finish. In six minutes, 35 seconds. Your winners, the British Bulldog. America and, and England. And Flexi Lexi. The Lex UK Lexi. working together. They I get, think the, 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 the Lex Express had broke down by this point in time. Uh, yeah, I believe he had already made his call to Eric Bischoff at this point because he would be on WCW Nitro's debut episode here in September. So Very quickly. Yeah, huh. so and this, is, this is in April, so... He's well. He's got one foot out the door. He took a pay cut to go to WCW. By the a, way, a huge pay cut. Yeah, he took a huge pay cut. But it worked out for him in the end. So Jr., who would be not on commentary for some reason, he's but, doing Iowa interviews. What a waste of Jr. here. He, he, and he only interviews the losers. It seems like. Here's my problem with the situation. This was still when WWE was big about having wrestlers. Okay, when they were, they still are having wrestlers do commentary. So you have WrestleMania nine. You have Jr. did commentary for JR, WrestleMania nine. Jr. With Macho, Macho, and Heenan. Gorilla. No. Oh no, it was Heenan. It right? was Heenan. Gorilla was there though. You're right. He was the host. You go to WrestleMania ten. It was Lawler and Vince last year. Okay, so it was Lawler and Vince. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how they went from having good old JR doing commentary for WrestleMania 9 to now demoted him running him running him up and down the aisle all night long to try to get entrances and 
exit interviews. Only talk to losers, it seems like, mostly. Yeah. So JR tracks down Zeb. He said, did your plan backfire because Zeb tried to uh, distract Luger and Bulldog? And Zeb just spits out some garbage and walks away. Nick Turturro is in Pamela Anderson's locker room. Yes. But his microphone is not on. No. So we have our second mic clip of the night. And uh, I believe standing by right now, ladies and gentlemen, NYPD Blues, Nick Totoro and Pamela Anderson dressing room. Nick, are you there? Can you hear us, Nick? Well, we have some problems. The audio, audio problems are... Wait, that wasn't Pamela over. Anderson. No, that wasn't Pamela Anderson, was it? That was a... We got a mystery going on here already, McMahon. <laughs> now, as a guy who's worked in TV and opens mics and closes mics for talent, I don't know whose fault this was because I've had talent turn their microphones off. right before, Like, I get a mic check from them and it's fine. And then they cut it off. And then, so when we go to them, it's off. And then it looks like crap, like this did. Or it's the other way around and the guy, the audio operator didn't know where his mic was, was routed on yeah. the board. And so this this is why you pre-tape things, Patrick, is so that you know it's going to a 100% foolproof method. And you don't have a, wait, can I try that again, please? Yes. They have to fill. So they just take arena shots and Vince, I'm sure, is just fuming. Can you imagine being the owner of this company and having all these problems right off the bat in your Super Bowl? Nick Turturro from NYPD Blue, by the way. He's uh, some, I don't know why he's here. But he is the guy that was in the He's dressing. a celebrity. Somewhat. He's like a D-list. So, I mean, this is WWF, WWE, whatever. We'll just take anybody. Oh, yeah. If anybody of any certain degree of fame. We take, we take Burt Reynolds last year's WrestleMania, and we have Nick Totoro on this year's WrestleMania. That That's a big jump down. He's supposed to be in Pamela Anderson's locker room, but he pulls Jenny McCarthy in the shop before they cut away to Vince and the King. I couldn't tell at first which one they were, because you have two blonde supermodels, basically. Yes. They look almost the same. So I thought he was... I thought the announcers had it wrong, but we would see later that they were indeed right. They identified Pamela Anderson over Jenny McCarthy. Jennifer McCartney, as she was referred to. Yes. J-E-double-F J-A-R-R-E-T-T is out with the roadie, Jesse James. He's the Intercontinental Champion somehow. He's he, out first. He is, because you want to know how? He won it at the Royal Rumble earlier that year. That's right. They had to uh, cheat to win, yes. of course, with uh, so, face Razor Ramon. So here we go. Jesse took out Razor's leg. Yes. The 1-2-3 kid is backstage, and guess what? His mic isn't working very well either. It eventually does work, and he says that Razor's ready, and he'll take care of the roadie if he has to. The bad guy looks like he's in a bad mood. He's ready, he's psyched, he's going to get the job done tonight. And roadie, you better not put your nose in there, I'm going to take care of you. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Without further ado, the one, two, three, kid. That was a lie, as we would find out in this match. <laughs> now, here's my problem with this match. I almost want to skip trying to do play-by-play -play for this match because of the ending. I'm just going to go straight to the ending. Okay. Rhodey runs in right in the middle of the ring and, and? kicks Razor's bum knee. Yes. Right? He's about to hit Jarrett with the Razor's edge. 
And he runs in and kicks him right in the knee in front of Tim White. Knee. Yeah. In front of referee Timmy White. Yes. So this was a why didn't he just run in as soon as the match started and do this? This was a blatant disqualification. <laughs> this was a waste of the, so the entire but, match is meaningless. But and one two three kid sucks as a bodyguard because yes. it was his job. He had one job. Well, all he's out there in his karate gear too. All two foot three of him is you know he's not that best of a bodyguard. But Razor anyway. is also is a fool here too because at Royal Rumble they did the exact same thing. Yes. So he doesn't know to watch out for like if he just keeps an eye. You know, keep one eye on the roadie. And also, you brought one, one, two, three kids should just be fired as a bodyguard. This should have been the break. He should have been kicked out of the click over this. But see, here's the thing. Here's the part you're missing. Here's the part you're missing. Still, your intercontinental champion. That's J E double F J A double R E double T S double J Jeff Jarrett. Oh, ain't he great? These guys would swap the intercontinental title back and forth a couple more times. Yes. Throughout the year, but. The crowd really wanted Razor to win here, and I figured they're not going to let him win the IC belt twice, you know, WrestleMania no. after WrestleMania. That's just no. not good booking. A waste of time. If you're going to do this DQ finish, immediately, it makes no sense. Just do it from the start. As soon as the bell rings, roadie run in. Yeah. So then the 1-2-3 kid goes to town on the roadie before Jarrett locks 1-2-3 kid in the figure four, making 1-2-3 kid again look like a fool. The refs come in to break it up, and Razor gets in a few punches on Jarrett. There you go. And gives Double J a bloody nose for his trouble. So, for such a stupid match, he punched him square in the face at one point. So Double J has a bloody nose, and JR, of course, interviews another loser, Double J, despite being the winner of the title still. So he's, he's still champion. He's a loser, but he's a winner. Double J tells JR that Razor is nothing, and payback will be bad. Not a bitch. We're not in the Attitude Era No, in case they bitch. One yeah. thing, that was very unbecoming conduct for the Intercontinental Champion. You should be ashamed of yourself. Look who the champion is. Double J, always will be the Intercontinental Champion. Rachel Ramones, you ain't nothing. Kid, you ain't nothing. And I promise you one thing, payback is you know what, boy. Respectable conduct, you should be ashamed of yourself. Time to go back to Nick Duturo. His mic's working this time. It's definitely not a pre-tape because of the failure, because in the first one, King Kong Bundy was standing around, and he's gone now. So he's been replaced by Tatanka, so you know it's live. Good eye, by the way. Yeah, Nick Taturo says he couldn't find Pamela Anderson, so he found Jenny McCarthy instead. Nick brings in Shawn Michaels and says, hey, where's Pamela Anderson at? Because at Royal Rumble, she was by his side. Right. She's supposed to be in his corner. Don't worry about that. I got her stashed right where she needs to be. Can you hear me? Hey, Vince. All How right. you doing, buddy? Right. I was just at Pamela Anderson's uh, dressing room, but she was nowhere to be found. Yep. So I'm hanging out here in the green room. Ah. I was just with salt and pepper. Who else can I find? Hey, Jennifer McCarthy. How wow. are you, sweetheart? How you doing? I'm having How do you feel being around all these big hunks, huh? Yeah, look at that. Sean, I got a question to ask you. Where's Pamela Anderson? Oh, don't worry, Tricky Nikki. I know where she is. Where is she? She'll be Johnny on the spot. But this is the the day she's been waiting for. The chance of a lifetime. The chance to walk the heartbreak kid to the ring. What's better than that? I'll tell you what's better than that. Nick, you tell me. Walking out with the heartbreak kid as the new World Wrestling Federation champion. Right, Nick? What do you think Diesel's doing right now, Nick? Well, he's sitting there and he's got a burning feeling in his stomach and it's working his way up his throat and he's wanting to puke. And what's causing that? Fear! Fear! 
because all your dreams have now become the nightmares. Oh, Vince, you can see they're pretty intense in here. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, you know, I'm playing detective, but it's not like that, Vince. Not on TV. All right, if you don't mind, Nick, I'll do what uh, I can, uh, if I can help out in any way, Vince, I will. All right, let's Let me go see. find Pamela. I note here that Sean's giant earring is very distracting. <laughs> this is in the era of the earring on men, and his giant earring took up most of the screen. <laughs> Psycho Sid then screams nonsense into the mic and says Diesel's dreams will turn into nightmares. King Kong Bundy is out with Ted DiBiase, who has Undertaker's original urn yes. with the light inside. Yes. The light-up urn. The yes. uh, the Bray Wyatt-type urn. The lantern. This would later be melted down by... Uh, Kama Mustafa. Kama melted this urn down later and turned it into a necklace. Yeah. Kama Mustafa melted it down, and so you'll find that out later on. And I feel like Kama... Exclamation point. And this urn? Period. Next so this out. is they are part of, of course, the million dollar corporation. Yes. They stole the urn yes. at the Rumble because IRS took it. Yes. Bray Wyatt's dad. So see it's it runs in the family, this light up urn. At nine seconds, Bundy holds the record for quickest pin, but that's of course over he defeated special delivery Jones. Oh S D Jones. Yeah. Not not H D. Jones. He was in standard definition back then. Yes. So yeah, his nine seconds from that, sorry, it wasn't against midget wrestlers. That would be no. a gimmick that he uses on the indie circuit. Uh, to- King Kong Bundy and his touring midgets, I believe, was the thing that he did. Yes. Todd Pettengill and his mullet uh, make an appearance with Neil Anderson from the Bears in the crowd. And Pettengill, for some reason, demands it Neil getting his three-point stance right there in the middle of the crowd. He just wanted to square off with him right there and then. That was weird. It was very weird. Todd Pettengill. I like this guy. I'm sorry. I'm really? One of, I'm one of his defenders. I like this guy. Really? Okay. He was a company guy. Uh, Anderson says LT will be fine tonight, and the other NFLers will make sure the fight is fair. We would see what they contributed later I on. I got faith. Taker and Paul Bear come out next. I had to fast-forward through his entrance as usual. Larry Young, a former American League umpire, is the ref of this match for some reason. DiBiase takes the urn and exits the ring. Taker hits old school on Bundy and points to DiBiase before he does it. Bundy stays on his feet, though, after old school. No selling old school from Taker. That is, like, sacrilege at WrestleMania. Taker can't get the big man down until, finally, two clotheslines do it. Bundy clotheslines Taker out of the ring, and he snatches his urn from DiBiase. So Taker's got his urn back. Well, that was easy. Why didn't he just do that earlier? And then Paul hands it off to Paul Bearer, so now Paul Bearer's got the urn. The urn has a light in it, and Taker, of course, does his Taker salute to the urn. The uh, the kneel down with the arm in the air. Yes. The power has been restored. Power has been restored to the Undertaker. Now, let's see if Bundy can take that power away. Right. But DiBiase walks down the aisle. What's he up to? He's calling Kama the fighting machine. Who boots Bear in the face and takes the urn. And runs off with it. And Taker is distracted because he wants the urn still. But Kama, 
yeah, he gets away. He's gone. He tells JR that he's going to melt the urn, so he tells us what he's going to do with it. JR says, you can't do that. It doesn't belong to you. That's the point, JR. Yes, that is the point. It gets melted down and becomes a nice necklace. Bundy splashes Taker in the corner. He no-sells it. A big boot and body slam to Bundy because he, he tries. He thinks about a tombstone, but he turns it into a body slam on uh, King Kong Bundy. I would have loved to have seen him nail. Oh, if he tombstone Bundy... Yeah. That would have been insane. So he body slams him, then he lands his signature diving clothesline that he does with the flip, and then gets the three. Yeah. So he didn't need the urn. No. It was all in his head. It's mental. Yeah, the urn actually had no power, turns out, even though it did have power, but it didn't. This is bad booking. This is more bad booking here. The whole How point many of- times did he lose that urn and get it back, though? Come on, let's think well, about it. it. Well, this urn, he never got back with the light inside, right? The The future urns were smaller, I believe. The urn was never the same urn. You know, the urn changed. No, the, no, the, the original urn was small. Okay. Then they went to the jumbo one <laughs> with the light in it. Yeah. So then he, they went to he one. He had spares. Then they went to another that had smoke that came out of oh, it. Oh, wow. Like different colored smoke. Then they went back to an old one. Then they went back to the original one when Paul Bear made his comeback in 2000-whatever. And now we just don't have one. Yeah, they they went back and forth on the power of the urn I quite mi- a bit. I miss the urn. But this the whole point of this match was the urn had the power. Yes. They stole the power. The Undertaker streak should have ended here. Bundy should have won, logically. I think So why does he care that he melted down the necklace? I just won without it. I right. just realized that I, I it's just a mental thing. But he's dead. He doesn't think. He just <laughs> He doesn't think. He does what his master tells him. The Undertaker is a lot like Frankenstein. He's Dr. Paul Bear is Dr. Frankenstein and Undertaker is Frankenstein. Correct. Correct. The NYPD blue guys with Pamela Anderson's door but Uh-oh. then he says uh, Pamela won't let him in. Mongo McMichael fumbles into the shot. Oh, it's this is why I picked this show. It's the debut of Mongo, who yeah, who stumbles just about like that all over his promo tonight. Then Chattanooga's own Reggie White calls out King Kong Bundy. Some other NFLer calls out Nikolai Volkov, and another guy calls out Tatanka who's evil now and part of the million dollar. This is all million dollar corporation guys. Yes. It's the Million Dollar Corporation against LT and his all-protein. As you can see, Vince, I'm standing here live at Pamela Anderson's dressing room trying to find out where she is. The word is her and Shawn Michaels had a big disagreement. She was very upset, very distressed, very distraught, so she had to leave the building. Nowhere to be found. I'm trying to find her. Anybody can help me? Hey, Steve McMichaels. How are you, buddy? How you doing, baby? How you doing? Have you heard anything about Pamela Anderson? Oh, I'm sure you're a big boy. You'd be able to find her on your on your. But let me tell you one thing. I'm looking for this comma character. Where is he at? He calling me a cream puff? You're going to get yours again tonight, baby doll. Oh, yeah. How about some of your friends here? Let me tell you something. King Kong Bundy, you've been telling people you're looking for me. I'm right here, baby. Standing right here. We right here. If you want us, come and get us. You hear that? Come and get him. Nikolai Volkov. You got to leave the locker room if you want me, baby. You can't stay in there scared like a little chump. Come and get me. We're right here. Anybody right. see the, the cigar store Indian around? Tatanka <laughs> toy or Tatanka something like that. I heard he's looking for me. I ain't hard to find. We're not all hard to find. We're right here, ready to roll. Good luck tonight, guys. All right. Right. Then the NYPD blue guy finds 
Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing a game of chess with Bob Backlund. If you don't know who Jonathan Taylor Thomas is, you are not a 90s person of any kind. The teen star of Home Improvement. Of Home Improvement. Tim Allen's Home Improvement. The heartthrob. Yeah, the teen heartthrob of the 90s. He was the in the Tom loved. Sawyer movie. Yes. And that was it. Then it was over. In the blink of an eye, it was all pretty much over. But he made, he made enough money to... Oh, I mean, Home Improvement's still on TBS early in the morning, so... Yeah. He's still getting a residual check. And maybe he won from the network for watching. We probably got a couple of pennies from watch us watching this. couple of pennies. Uh, Bob Backlund is upset that they intruded on his special alone time with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's kind of uh, creepy that he's in this dark room with a little boy. They're playing chess. I know, I know, but it's just he's weird. not playing chess with... They're yeah. playing a game of board chess. Bob Backlund... Doesn't know who Pamela Anderson is, which also makes this a little creepy. That does make it creepy now. JTT wins at chess while Backlund is distracted. JTT knows all the answers to Bob's trivia questions, proving that kids aren't stupid. So, that's right. Backlund, take that, Bob Backlund. Hey, that's Bob Backlund. Hey, Jonathan Taylor, how you doing? Wait a minute. How could you guys play chess at a time like this? Have you heard? You heard that Pamela Anderson is missing, Bob? What's the meaning of this intrusion? That's what's wrong with America today. You people with cameras, you think you can shoot on anyone at any time? Bob, I'm sorry. I was just trying to find out about Pamela Anderson. She's been missing. Sorry to bother. Pamela Anderson. I'm... Who's Pamela Anderson? Oh, my goodness. Mr. Backland, uh, check and made. Thank you. That's what's wrong with society today. All these young people taking advantage of their elders and showing no respect. Who's the 34th president of the United States? Eisenhower. What's the capital of Andorras? Say Goosey Gopla? Who's the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court? William Rehnquist. Huh? That's what's wrong with the world! They think they know it all! Pretty upset, Bob Backlund. Very distressed. (laughs) Anyways, uh, congratulations there, buddy. Nice job. Nick keeps looking for Pamela. That's right. The King of Hearts is out next, Owen Hart. He's got a surprise tag team partner, Yokozuna. Owen Hart has turned his back on Canada and has sided with the Japanese, evil Japanese, Samoan. And here comes none other than Jim Cornette. And Mr. Fuji. And Mr. Fuji with Yokozuna down to ringside. That's right. This is a combination of two of the most legendary families in wrestling, the Anawahi family the Samoan family, and yes. the Hart family yes. together at last. Finally. Finally. And a tag team. A tag team that I actually quite enjoyed watching for this match, except their opponents, who were the... Smoking guns. The smoking, very green guns, because they gave a promo like they knew they were going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you as surprised as we are? Yoko Zuna has been chosen by Owen Hart to be his partner. You know, Vince... Owen complained about us not giving him a title shot. This is a big surprise, but that's okay with us because we're going in the tag team champions and we're leaving the tag team champions. Well, you guys have fought long and hard to be tag team champions, but I would suggest this is a could be an uphill battle for you. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't expect uh, Yokozuna to be his partner. We thought a lot of we had a lot of different people we thought of, but who else would tag with Owen Hart? It's gonna be as dirty as nasty as he is. But we can do it. We can do it. Best of luck to you. Thank you. (laughs) I can hear the fear in their voice. 
and they were supposed they were champions. They were. And they, they, they sounded were. like they were shitting in their pants in their promo. Bart Gunn and Billy Gunn with their mustache and their mullets and their khaki pants and their cowboy hats. Cowboy boots. Oh, man. And their, their theme song with the gunshots ringing out pew, and their pew, hand pew. symbols. Not yeah. exactly a cool Cactus Jack. Mr. Bang Bang here. The the smoking guns before Sonny were uh, lost. Just uh, <laughs> man, when they added Sonny, it, it really it, it still it actually, went downhill. No, it got better when they added Sonny. This was just I don't know, man. I don't. What were they thinking here? The the smoking guns was a bad tag team, and it went on for years. This was not a quick thrown together this was a until rockabilly was born yeah of course. this was like a four three four year tag team so they're gonna be wrestling in khakis and mullets their mullets are extraordinary the smoking guns won these belts from get this they beat one two three kid and sparky plug your old boy bob bob holly. hardcore holly so that's who the champions were before, so it didn't get much better here. Zuna slams Bart with one arm, but misses an elbow drop. Bart lands a couple of arm drags on Owen, who tagged in. A double Russian leg sweep to Owen from the guns, and they drop kick Zuna off the ring apron. The guns hit that alternate 3D that the Dudleys do to Owen for a two count. A double team leg drop to Owen, but Zuna distracts the ref, so there's no three count. Zuna leg drops Billy on the back of the head. Ouch. Owen then rams Billy's back into the ring post and hands him back over to Zuna. Zuna puts him into a rest hold for ages. Then Owen accidentally missile drop kicks Zuna. We've already got tag dysfunction here. Oh they man, just it's not looking good. Bart slams Owen and slings Zuna's head into the mat. Billy tags in, but gets bellied to bellied by Yokozuna. It's a big belly to a medium belly. And then gets the bonsai drop, but here's what's weird. For whatever, well, okay. Bart makes Bart breaks the cover. Then Owen tags in, to, grabs Billy's lifeless body, drags it to the middle ring, thinks about putting on a sharpshooter, but then realizes this makes no sense because he should be unconscious from the bonsai. He used some logic. He did. And then stopped and made the cover. But why did he tag in anyway? Because Zuna could have just made the cover. Yeah, but Zuna was way too tired. <laughs> to, to stand up. Zuna, Zuna was sucking wind after this match literally just started. So there I you mean, go. the first three rows passed out from oxygen deprivation. I mean, this dude was sucking up so much wind, it wasn't even funny. The new champs, Owen and Yokozuna. Owen loves the gold. He jumps around with it. So there you go. We go to the Stridex airship who has a camera on it, but the camera sucks and is like cutting out from a shot from this Hartford Convention Center. Looks like shit. Vince Tom, was really hurting at this point in time. I'm man. sure he was ready to strangle somebody. He, Kevin Dunn, he probably tracked Kevin Dunn down after this uh, event and uh, gave him a chewing out for his production of this show. It looked like an in-your-house. It, it really did. It looked like shit. So then Todd Pettengels with Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam shoved Lawrence Taylor at the Rumble. <gasps> oh, my. Yeah. Then they fought in New York. Oh, my. Bam Bam is ready to rumble, and he's going to take LT down. This is a long interview. I'll include the whole thing. Vince McMahon, thank you very much. Bam Bam Bigelow has already said this is the biggest night of his life. Before we talk to you, Bam Bam, I want to take you back to where this whole incident began, the WWF Royal Rumble. After the tag matchup, if we could show that, let's roll that tape. WWF Royal Rumble in Tampa on January. There you are with Lawrence Taylor, and you shoved him. 
Oh, you know, Lawrence Taylor disrespected me, and I'm not going to let no man disrespect the beast from the East. Didn't look like he was disrespecting you. Looked like he was standing up this past Tuesday, pre-WrestleMania workout in Times Square. Again, you attacked him, and Lawrence Taylor fought back this time. No, Todd, you got to get this right. You know, Lawrence Taylor attacked me there, but that's fine. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's Sunday night, WrestleMania Sunday. I'm going in there, LT. I'm in great shape, and I'm ready to rumble, and I'm taking him down. Let me ask you, Bam Bam Bigelow, the media hype around this match has been absolutely huge, and most of the country is firmly behind Lawrence Taylor, even though he doesn't have the ring experience. What kind of, what kind of impact will that have on you psychologically? Listen, I'm not worried about the fans. I'm worried about Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow is not going to be known as the man that lost to Lawrence Taylor in WrestleMania 11. This is my world, Lawrence Taylor, not yours. I'm going to teach him a lesson. Let's talk about LT's All-Pro team. I talked to him earlier on today. They were on the Action Zone Live. There are LT friends all over this arena, seated in the front row, seated in the middle, seated in the back. You talk about the Million Dollar Corporation being there. Are you, are you thinking about that confrontation at all? Well, you know, this is one of the matches the first time in my career where I have to look over my shoulder. But I got the million-dollar team to take my back, Todd, and they are the biggest and the toughest in the World Wrestling Federation today. I'm worrying about LT. I'll let Mr. DiBiase worry about the all-pro team. So you don't believe Lawrence Taylor, who has been training for this, has a chance against you. Here's a football legend going to the NFL Hall of Fame, and you say he doesn't have a prayer to beat you. No, he doesn't. Like I said, this is my world. Bam Bam Bigelow is part of the World Wrestling Federation. Lawrence Taylor is just a flash in the pan. He's not coming in here. He's not going to make a fool out of me. And he's going to go down one, two, three. The newspaper articles talking about it will be different tomorrow. Regardless of the outcome, you will read about it as the media hype continues right up until match time. Let's go back to ringside. Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler. It's time for an I Quit match, which on paper sounds okay. But one guy ruined it for me, and here he comes, special referee Rowdy Roddy Piper, who unfortunately was given a live microphone for this event, and we got the most annoying referee in professional wrestling history here. An I Quit match, you have to really just hold the mic. Don't ask the question. What do you say? What do you say, Brett? What do you say, Bob? What do you say? What do you say? How about now? How about now? Maybe now? You want to quit? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Backline? What do you say? Backline? No! Backline? No! Hey, that Piper's starting to get on my nerves. That's what this match was. So I'm going to skip the play-by-play on it because he ruined it for me. Yes. It... It was it was very. Rough. He would they would just be standing across from each other, and he grabbed the mic and go over and ask him, "Do you want to quit? Do you want to quit? What about now? Huh? Do you want to?" He's like a he's like a con, he's like a real estate salesman, a used car salesman. He's like, "Huh? Go. What about now? Do you want to buy it now? Huh? How about now?" <laughs> Brett wins, by the way, by beating Bob in the crossface chicken wing. Apparently, Bob said he quit, but I didn't hear. No, it. he did not. I fight this right here and right now. He was screaming out in pain because the crossface chicken wing is one of the most deadliest submissions of all Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Very painful. Screaming out in pain that his own move was put on him. and It was misinterpreted. Uh, yeah. I really think, here's the deal, I really think that you do know Roddy Piper is part of the Hart family. He's a distant cousin. Well, Jerry Lawler was pitching this theory all through the match that... 
Well, he actually pitched that he was against Brett because, uh, because Brett of WrestleMania for, eight. Yeah, but I mean, there. Well, he you. trained with the Hart family. Yeah, Canadian-born Roddy Piper. I'm yeah. telling you, I he really, was in on it. He was in on it. The payoff. My boy Bob Backlund got screwed over. I'm just saying. again. He's had a rough go of things. He did since returning to this company, jobbing out at WrestleMania nine, getting beat at that. House show at MSG by Diesel in two seconds, which I guess it was five seconds probably. Two for the power bomb, three for the cover. JR asked Bob another loser interview. Why interview the? I mean, why not talk to the winners every once in a while? JR. JR asked Bob about quitting. Bob says he saw the light. Okay, Mister Bob, I never thought I'd ever hear you say the words "I quit." You said "I quit, Bob." Bob, what have you got to say about it? Did you see the light? He says he saw the light. He was looking at the lights. I don't know what he would have meant. This back to you. Do you see it? They're so pretty. What would this lead to? What would this... This is when he went completely, like, crazy. This was... This is when you, you started off with Bob Backlund. You had, you know... Mis- well, this was, yeah, Mr. Backlund. Mr. Bob Backlund. This was heel, Mr. Backlund. Yeah. This was, but then it became Psycho Bob. Backlund. Oh, okay. Psycho Mr. Backlund. Psycho Sid Backlund. Yeah, kind of, okay. sort of. This match had potential because I think Brett could have made made it work with anybody. And um, oh, I still think Bob Backlund can make a work match work with anybody. No, he sucks. No, uh, he's a terrible wrestler. No. And uh, this, but it would. Roddy Piper killed any chance this match had of working by his constant interruptions. And he wasn't making jokes. He wasn't doing his typical Piper thing. It was just, yeah, you want to quit? You want to quit? You want to quit? Yes, I want to quit watching this pay-per-view and listening to this review, as a matter of fact, and reading this review. But I'll keep going because we've only got two matches left. Nick cannot find Pamela Anderson. Can't find Pamela anywhere. They speculate that Pamela has left the building However, when Pamela Anderson enters, she enters a room. Whenever Pamela Anderson enters a room, her face gets there about 20 minutes later. Mm. So I don't see how hard it is to find this woman. Thanks, Jerry the King Lawler. Todd is with Diesel. Diesel stumbles through his promo. He doesn't care about Psycho Sid, and he's going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, standing by with Big Daddy Cool Diesel, WWF champion, who will meet Shawn Michaels next. Psycho Sid in his corner. Diesel, your frame of mind right now after Shawn Michaels said there is no way he's leaving here without the belt that's on your shoulder right now. That's funny because that's exactly the way I feel. You know, they say that Sid's not going to be involved, but I've already played that role. I know exactly how Shawn Michaels thinks. I know what his game plan is. I'm not buying it. He wants a war. He's got one. Big Daddy Cool came here to do one thing, and that's to hold on to this belt. And let me tell you something, Shawn Michaels, in a few short seconds, Big Daddy's going to walk that aisle and he's going to show everybody why he's the World Wrestling Federation champion. Big Daddy Cool Diesel, ladies and gentlemen, Psycho Sid not on his mind. You heard one goal to keep that belt. Let's get back to ringside. Special guest timekeeper JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, is out. Then guest ring announcer Nick Taturo, who was backstage all night. He's our ring announcer. Yes. The title match is going on before LT and Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes. Yes. What a disgrace. Yes. 
Bam Bam is finally getting his <laughs> chance. Shawn Michaels is out with Swerve, Jenny McCarthy. What? No. And Psycho Sid, not Pamela Anderson, who he won at Royal Rumble. He won the right to walk down to the ring with her. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Diesel walks out and waits for something. Oh my goodness, Pamela Anderson has changed click members and is now with Diesel. Yes. Who will accompany him out to the ring. But then Pamela and Jenny break kayfabe. They sit next to each other and smile and are happy to see each other. So oh, they hi. Are, How are you? Yeah, they are not. They do not know the storyline. They don't know anything. About, this is, it's nice to be pretty. You get paid to be pretty. You go sit in a chair. <laughs> King wants to go change seats to sit next to the Baywatch star in the... Which one? Because they're both Baywatch stars. Was Jenny McCarthy on? Ba- she was. I'm not sure she was. I think she was. She was MTV. She was singled out. She was on singled out. I don't know if she was on Baywatch. I think she was. She probably was. Everyone was on Baywatch at some point. Everyone did a cameo. Macho yeah. Man was on Baywatch. So was Hogan. Yeah. And Sting. And Vader. Yeah. Diesel launches HBK out of the ring as HBK is a heel here. They've got this totally backwards booking. Oh, here. dude, they got. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this I, is Roman Reigns <laughs> booking here because we want to push Kevin Nash, who is a natural heel, who's this cocky, tall guy, a bully, you know, yes. natural heel, and the crowd is a hundred percent behind Sean and Sid. Yes. And so this is totally backwards here. Sean decides to cheap shot Diesel. It doesn't work out for him, so he gets tossed out of the ring. It's the dudes with attitudes explode. Remember, these guys were just uh, partners not long before tag, this. Former tag team champions. Michaels will supercell for Diesel's clothesline. I imagine this will be a lot of Sean bumping around Nash. I was right. A huge back body drop, and Sean is being flung around the ring like a rag doll. Sean gets thrown out of the ring and beats up a photographer. What an asshole this guy is. He's just taking pictures, man. Leave him alone. Sean does the corner punches on Diesel, gets shoved off, and goes right back to it before running into Diesel's elbow. Diesel botches a press slam, and Sean slips out of it. Diesel then hits a vertical suplex to Sean. A knee to Sean, who can't fling himself over the rope, so Diesel has to just go over and kind of uh, gently... Pretty much help him, yeah. Nudge him out of the ring. Sid will jaw with Diesel, but never get involved, really. Diesel, he's focused on Sean. He's a fighting babyface champion. He's not going to be distracted. Sean tried a sunset flip, but Diesel grabs Sean by the throat and crotches him on the ropes. Then Diesel crotches himself on the ropes after missing a big boot. HBK skins the cat from this. Then hits a high cross from the turnbuckle to Diesel, who is on the ring mats. A baseball slide puts Diesel on the ring mats. Then Pamela and Jenny, we go to a shot of them, and they are not paying any attention to no. this match. They are Donald Trump and Donald Trump's wife at not WrestleMania. Not a single bit. Sean hits a photographer again. Sean is in a feud with the photographers, apparently. And then shoves Diesel into the turnbuckle post. Oh no, busted his ribs. So now Diesel's going to sell his ribs. The rest of the match. They get back in the ring. Sean hits a top rope bulldog for a two count. Sean hits a springboard reverse elbow to Diesel's face for a two count. Let's go Sean chance in the crowd, which tells you how badly this match is booked. Sean hits a huge macho man style elbow. He flew across the ring for yeah. this elbow. This yeah. is beautiful. And it only gets a two count, of course, because Roman Reigns Diesel here kicks out of everything. Sean tries a DDT, but Diesel flips Sean out of it. 
Sean locks in a sleeper for two minutes before Diesel drives Sean into the corner to break it up. Diesel hits snake eyes on Sean. Sean does the flare flip and gets knocked out of the ring. Diesel pulls Sean's tights down to show the world his ass. This is one of Sean's favorite moves. He loved doing this. And then Diesel grabbed him by the front, so we almost got a look at Sean's junk. Thank goodness. Earl jumps down to stop Sid from interfering. Sweet chin music, but oh no, Earl Hebner blew his knee out. Yeah. Going outside the ring. When he was jumping out to try to tell Sid, quit interfering, blew his knee out. Sid, Earl Hetner's out of it. Sid rolls Earl inside, but can only count to two because it took so long. Diesel kicks out. The crowd boos this. Remember, this is the heel that they're cheering for to win this match. Sid exposes the turnbuckle. Don't worry, it won't be used. Diesel hits a side suplex, but somehow Sean makes a cover for a two count off of Diesel's move. Sidewalk slam to Sean from Diesel, but he can't cover because of his ribs. Oh, oh my he's ribs. Hurting bad. He's hurting bad. Sean is springboarded, but he's too far away to hit the exposed metal. Uh, top turnbuckle, so he hits the middle one with his face. A big boot to Sean. Diesel hulks up. Jenny McCarthy is now shown cheering for Diesel, so she has switched sides. Terrible-looking jackknife powerbomb to Shawn Michaels, I guess since they're friends. I hated his freaking hulking up, too. That was such bullshit. Oh, yeah. That was that was so bad. And, it, well, his jackknife here, too, was left yeah. a lot to be desired. But it is his friend, so he wants to go easy on his friend diesel retains sean michaels sorry buddy you'll have to wait till next year it was the right move to have sean as a face chasing the title i mean if they had had him win here as a heel it would have been a major misstep i agree i also am going to make a controversial suggestion here and tell you that this is the worst sean michaels wrestlemania match of all time oh and i'm sure there's probably some rockers matches that weren't Oh no, man. With this their was, level of competition. This was, this was pretty bad. I, I am not a fan of this match. It's his first main event. Well, it's not the main event. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Forgot. But considering who he's working with, a guy so limited like Kevin Nash, five moves of doom. That's true. He did the absolute best. And this is his best friend. That's true. He did the absolute best that he could for his buddy. Very true. But compared to SummerSlam 92 when, you know, Brett and his best friend had a match in England, he didn't do that great of a job because oh, yeah, no. Brett made British Bulldog look like the greatest wrestler who had ever walked the face of the planet. And Sean made Diesel look very good here, but Diesel, too many rest holds, too much time spent on the mat selling his ribs. This guy was gassed out. He wanted to hit his five moves that he knew. This is Roman Reigns. This is Roman Reigns. This is the exact same thing. Yeah. I just, that's all I see in this, in today's, in 2017 WWE. It's the same thing where the company is just so stubborn. You don't want what you want. We'll tell you what you want. You want Diesel to be a good guy. You want Roman Reigns to be a good guy. So no, JR, we don't want Roman Reigns at all. <laughs> JR tries to get another word with another loser, HBK, but Sid screams nonsense and says it's not finished. It wouldn't be finished because... No, because uh, they would go backstage. That's right. We get more words with them later on. Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy has abandoned Shawn Michaels. Comes into the ring to celebrate, and so does Jonathan Taylor Thomas and the guy from NYPD Blue to celebrate with Diesel. So this is your big celebrity. A very odd combination of people in the ring all at once with the pyro raining down. Pettengill is backstage with Shawn. Shawn says Diesel was colder than a block of ice after the chin music. He'll be back. Vince standing with Shawn Michaels and Sid, and Shawn, an unbelievable match. Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable, come on. 
It's believable. Everybody saw what happened. This story of my life, huh? Come on. You gotta be kidding me. I had him. I had to be the new World Wrestling Federation champion. He was out. I gave him some chin music, and he was out colder than a block of ice, and the whole world saw it. You may not like it, but you know the truth when it's right in front of your face, and the heartbreak can't prove it to you tonight. I am the best. Oh, sure it is. Little chin music right there. It is over. Am I right? See, I'm going to tell you something, Todd Pettigill. Highway Just robbery. like when it comes to the World Series or the NCAA playoffs, there's always more than one umpire. There's always one more than, more than one referee. But tonight, a world title at stake, one referee, and he's a bubbly fool. He falls and blows his knees out, and my man has to pay the severe price. And, brother, I'm going to tell you something, Diesel. You know you was that far from losing your title. Well, this man, this man is not finished with you. You know something? I'm so sick of talking. I proved it to you right there. I shouldn't have to do it again. But you know something, Big Daddy Cool? If you're even half the man you say you are, you'll face me again, Jack. Come on! You know it, and I know it, and now the whole world knows it. I told you I'm the best, and tonight I proved it. And if I have to... I'll prove it again. The heels are out first. All right. Now, are the you ready? The Million Dollar Corporation. My turn. All right. For the Million Dollar Corporation, coming down the line first, he is 500 pounds of King Kong Bundy. Next, A loser. Native American Tatanka. The one and only Nikolai Volkov, the Supreme Fighting Machine, comma, IRS Erwin R. Scheister, and the one and only Bam, Bam Bigelow. Then out for the NFLers, I we, had to write these down. I had no idea who these people were for the most part. We have. I'm going to give you, I'll say the name, you give their stats, because I'm sure oh, you Oh, I don't know. I, oh. I didn't do that. All right. I only know Steve Mongo McMichael and right. uh, Reggie White. Ken Norton Jr. <laughs> I believe he was a 76er. Uh, 76ers is a basketball uh, I mean, team, uh, so that would uh, not a 76er. Oh, that'd be a 49er. 49er, maybe. yes. I believe he worked. Maybe. He, yes. Chris Spillman. Ricky Jackson. Uh-huh. Carl Banks. Yep. Mongo Steve McMichael. And Chattanooga. Own Reggie White, Howard and High School's own, ending their team going into battle. The one and only registered sex offender, <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. That's LT, who was actually introed by Salt and Peppa. What a man! But they yes. cut that out of the network. Of the network. But they did not cut it out of your DVD that I bought. Is that true? That is still true. on there. It is. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor, uh, who's had a quite a career on and off the field, uh, yes. mostly running run-ins with the law, off the field, and of course in the NFL is broke Joe Theismann's leg. Yes, that devastating. Uh, if you ever watch the movie The Blind Side, it's like the first thing you see is the uh, the gruesome leg breaking that ended Joe Theismann's career, where his leg went backwards, yeah. and uh, Lawrence Taylor, of course, a uh, New York Giants. Uh, defensive player so there you go the baseball ref is going to call this match between the <laughs> nfl that way it's fair that way it's not biased who knows nothing about wrestling yeah. nothing. but he did ref a match earlier in the night for practice so <laughs> several minutes of just standing around 
Yes. LT finally slaps Bam Bam and clotheslines him. Clotheslines him out of the ring. The heels gather with him, try to get a plan going here. Bam Bam gets back in the ring, and LT bulldogs him. I use the term bulldog very loosely with yeah. what LT was doing here. Yeah. Basically, he takes two steps. Bam Bam lifts him up like a back body drop and pretty much just falls. Does all the work. Yeah. LT, though, does hit some smashing forearms. Dude. Oh, man. I don't believe this could be work. I believe not enough time and training for LT because he was literally what? laying them in. Storyline, he was trained by Diesel. So Diesel taught him how to throw these forearms so viciously. Here. Well, he was literally laying them in. I'm sure Bam Bam told him, go do whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Which yeah, Bam I, Bam is a tough man. Well, and he's no longer with us probably for taking shots like this. I yeah. Mean, yeah, so these smashing forearms, devastating looking. I mean, this is the best way to use a celebrity that doesn't know how to wrestle. Yeah. Give him moves that he can do that look good. And Ch- kudos to Bam Bam, man. Oh, God, man. I did not, I would not want this assignment. No. The other side of the argument, though, is he got main event payday. He got main event payday. He got not even payday. He got main event. He got looked at. This was a spotlight in which itself of... Sports Center, Sports News, News Media. This was coverage for Bam Bam Bigelow like he never would have had in a million years if he was not a part of this match. And he got a title shot at Diesel even though he lost this match. Right. So it all worked out for him as far as professionally in the short term. Being being a part of this match. But the bad part is he's just going to have to job to LT at the end of this match. Yes. Uh, LT hops out, and the NFLers start shoving with the heels, and that's all they would do. Yeah. This was the only engagement between these two warring factions was like light shoving. That was it. That's it. I I figured Mongo or Reggie would throw a punch. I mean, these guys would go on to wrestle for WCW, and here they just... At least they did more than Pamela Anderson and uh, Jenny McCarthy. At least they had to stand up. Bam Bam lands some shots to LT, who sells them fairly well, but he does stand up too quickly every time. Bam Bam chokes LT with his boot, scoop slams him, misses a falling headbutt. Then LT hits another three-point stance forearm to Bam Bam, devastating. Bam Bam tries a Boston Crab. Not a good idea on uh, Lawrence Taylor here. Yeah, because LT's body does not bend backwards very easily at all. I don't think they went over this in uh, training. and uh, I think that was Bam Bam's way of just kind of, hey... Calm the fuck down. Shut up and listen to me. You're getting a little too overexcited. Well, and they, yeah, they needed to fill some time here. This was a very short WrestleMania. I mean, yeah. on the network, it's only two hours and 25 minutes compared to like, we sat through what, like six hours at this last year's WrestleMania? Yeah. yeah. LT tries for the ropes, but Bam Bam then shifts LT from this half crab sort of into an STF where it would just one leg. He doesn't try to grab his head. He just kind of holds. LT's leg. LT gets the ropes. Bam Bam puts LT in another leg hold for ages. He gets the ropes again. Then LT, Bam Bam allows LT to hit a side suplex on Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam recovers to hit a leg drop. Bam Bam hits his spinning moonsault off the top turnbuckle and hurts his own leg. So he can't cover LT right away. And LT kicks out of... Bam Bam's finisher. LT sort of does a power bomb, <laughs> but the worst looking power bomb in history on Bam Bam, where it was like almost like a backwards power bomb. Yeah, like, it was bad. 
And Bam Bam kicks out at two from this, thank goodness. Bam Bam lands an Insiguri to LT. Bam Bam does some falling headbutts. He lands a top turnbuckle headbutt and still only gets a two count. LT wakes up, hits a tackling forearm from the three-point stance, climbs up to the second rope, and hits a forearm right to the face. And this gets the three count. LT and the NFL are better than the WWF, is what we've learned. On this night. JR tries... Well, yeah, Vince makes it very clear that this is just one night. On this night, LT got lucky. JR tries to have a word with the losers again, the corporation, and DiBiase is just like... Bam Bam lost to an NFL player. This is just terrible. This he is disgraced just... us. The NFLers lift up LT, who celebrates with his son, and also a registered sex offender who's doing 30 years in prison for rape of a child, LT Jr. No salt and pepper for us for the show, and the show just ends. It just fades to black. Yeah. That's it. No goodbye, no montage, no WrestleMania song, which is good because I hate that song. Well, they're actually but. on your DVD. There are. Okay, there's, there's something there. There's a lot more to the DVD than the network. So, Well, there you go. That was WrestleMania 11, one of the worst in history. And See, uh, after okay. viewing it again, I think uh, it might it might be moving into my number one spot. For worst show? Yeah, worst WrestleMania, not worst show. There are what, tons what of What was your old worst WrestleMania? Well, I hate four. I hate sitting through four, but the payoff to four is at least rewarding because Macho Man finally wins the world title, even though Hogan has to come in and steal the spotlight. It takes so long to get there, and the tournament is so boring. And then there's matches that don't mean anything in between. It's a Trump Plaza. It's just not lit well. It's, oh, it's just misery to sit through. But also, I mean, I was looking at some lists, you know, other other contenders for this. WrestleMania 9, which I think is an easy watch to yeah. get through, even though what Hogan does at the end is really sour. I mean, what a what an asshole Hulk Hogan was. <laughs> WrestleMania 2 gets some consideration for the switching back to back. They just got over ambitious, but that's I give that's why I give that some slack because they wanted to try something different. They wanted to try Starcade, yeah, and be in multiple places, yeah. And so they tried something; it didn't work. They never tra- they never did it since then. Also, sadly, Patrick. Our first WrestleMania when we went to, WrestleMania 27, gets some consideration for worst WrestleMania of really? all time. It is true. And I'd have to, Even I tend to it agree. Was, it was Edge's last match. Alberto Del Rio. Let's, let's try to forget who he is now and try to remember what they, he beat 40 men in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> to, to be jerk a part the that year, yes. And then has Rolls Royce smashed by Edge and Christian. <laughs> And beaten in the first match on the card. Yes. And I think it's only because Edge told them, I might be retired. You know, I, this is iffy. That would have been reverse booked. And then it, there, it, and at least there would have been a title change. I don't think there was a title change all night. I mean, we saw, Snooki, we saw Snooki wrestle. Yeah, we did. No, there was a... And in the world title match, The Miz retained against and that John was, that Cena. that was Trish's... That was uh, yeah, her comeback. Trish's comeback for and one match only, so... Well, at least she didn't do the Diva Battle Royal that one year, so where they didn't even announce who was in it. You had to just yeah, scan I didn't the even crowd. know Sonny was in it. You just had to scan and just hope to see somebody. But yeah, this this is just bad. All especially coming on the heels of WrestleMania 10, which is a great show. So to go from that to this, and also with the crowning of Bret Hart, the leader of the new generation, and then come back with the Iron Man match next year to be sandwiched between those two. Yeah. And to be headlined by a celebrity winning the match and and the reverse booking with uh, Diesel. The stupid Razor Ramon match on here where 
Brody should have just went in and kicked him as soon as the bell rung. Rowdy Roddy Piper screaming into the microphone. Microphone difficulties, technical difficulties. The Stridex blimp crashed and burned. This was just a uh, a horrendous showing. It was pretty rough. This I... is basically, uh, I saw one reviewer call it, in your house WrestleMania. And that's what it really, really feels like to me. It just feels, has no set. It's just like they walk out of a tunnel. Yeah. No. Oh, they have that little the little TV screen behind them, but no pomp and circumstance other than the pyro for Lex and British Bulldog and Diesel and there's just nothing. Yeah, they but, didn't even get to shoot off Sean's. Did you realize that? Oh no, he didn't get to do his you, pose. You want to know why? Because Sid was such a dumbass, he kept walking right right over the pyro, and so the. The technician was smart enough not to set it off while Sid was standing right on top oh, of Oh, that would have been thing. awesome. It really, because Sean was getting ready to do the pose and he kept telling Sid to move. Sid wouldn't fucking move. I think Sid does have some difficulty hearing. He has some difficulty speaking. I know that he for has, sure. Well, he has some anger issues too. And don't some get, difficulty wrestling. Don't be in a room with a pair of scissors with him. Shit. Yeah. He'll stab you. There's only a few matches worth watching. I'm going to go with uh, King Kong Bundy and Taker. I'm going to go with Backlund Hart. I'm going to go with Main Event. I'm going to skip over the title match. I'm going to skip over tag titles. I'm going to skip over Double J and Razor. And I'm going to skip over Luger and Bulldog. See, the only match I would recommend is the Sean and Diesel match. Only if you're a fan I, of Sean Michaels. I, I'm a, you know me. I'm a huge fan of Sean Michaels. I hate this match. <laughs> I hate this match. It is, this is, without a doubt, the most screwed up unorganized match that i have ever seen in my entire life there is no for mr wrestlemania there is yes there is no reason whatsoever for all of those fucking photographers to be at ringside all night long (laughs) when they're only there to see one freaking match well, now they're banned in current WWE, so there's no photographer. This is why right here. <laughs> so you're blaming the poor performance on Sean's feud with the photographer. Sean damn near broke his ankle because one photographer was in the way when he flips over the ropes. I think you're being a little judgmental. The guy's just trying to do his job. So is Sean. Hey, so. they make cameras with zooms. He can back his ass up. Kudos to Bam and Bigelow for carrying this match yeah i mean someone had to do it yeah lt in multiple interviews has and this this is something that i hope you can find lt in multiple interviews even on videotape has stated this was the most physically exhausting thing he has ever done in his life he said it is worse well yeah the nfl they get to go to the bench he said it is worse than a football game it is worse they get water in football He said this is the most, and the only reason they raised him up is because he said after this match he was so physically exhausted, they had to carry him out because he could not stand up and walk out of that ring. He was gassed. He gave it all. He walked in there. He walked in there. He busted his ass. He gave every ounce of energy and stamina that he could possibly give. Well, for a celebrity performer, I mean. For anybody. You step in a ring and you give it 100%. I hate this yeah, crap. I hate this crap about people saying, oh, you blew up in the ring, ha, ha, ha. No, I blew up in the ring. You want to know why? Because I gave everything I had out there for those fans. And so kudos to LT for doing that. Well, he also knew he was going over. Kudos to Bam Bam for pulling this off. I think very, very, very 
underrated pay-per-view. Very, very, very underrated main event. Well, it's not a main event. I don't think it should have been the main event. I see, card. and I think it was a great main event. I think it could have been in the middle of the card and been just fine. I think, and I mean, they learned their lesson because they would never book this as a main event. Oh no, a celebrity in a main event ever again. I mean, not in that capacity, not any wrestling capacity. No. So they learned their lesson. So on our rating scale, Patrick of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank WrestleMania 11? I'm gonna give this one a Don Harris. I'm going to give this one a Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, at, in 1995. A uh, 95 Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. So, uh, so he's he's made the scale now. He is on the scale. He's on the scale, yes. When when they when the archivists go back through our history books and have to map out when they do our encyclopedia. Yeah. He will now he will now be in the Hall of Fame basically. His his exactly. Yeah. You know what? He should go in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, he's not doing much else. So, <laughs> so Patrick, that was my pick. Where will we go next week? I'm going to. I, I was going to take us to another SummerSlam, but I'm going to have you look it up because I can't remember. I believe it's 94, but we are going to go to SummerSlam. The Underfaker? We are going to go to The Underfaker against The Undertaker. Which one's the real taker? Yeah, when they had old uh, Brian Lee playing Prime the Undertaker. Prime time Brian Lee. So hot, it's scary. Undertaker versus Undertaker. Wow. Only one will survive. Only one can be the true taker. One will live slash die. <laughs> Another pay-per-view where the title match does not go on last. It's very true as well. Brett will defend against Owen Hart. Yes. The payoff to the King of the Ring uh, feud. Jeff Jarrett will take on Mabel. Tatanka will take on Lex Luger. Razor Ramon will take on Diesel. Alundra Blaze will take on Bull Nakano, as that's the seemingly the only person she ever wrestled in this company. The Million Dollar Corporation, Erwin R. Scheister and Bam Bam Bigelow with Ted DiBiase will take on the Head Shrinkers. So there you go. That is the uh, the card. Along with a dark match... I'll go ahead and give you the dark match result. Adam Bomb defeated Quang in the dark match. So there you go. But SummerSlam 94 coming at you next week. The Underfaker, the uh, Leslie Nielsen Naked Gun sequel uh, tie-in. Yes. Uh, he's going to get to the bottom of this. So there you go. SummerSlam 94. So hot it's scary. And it has been hot lately, so... Stay cool with the Retro Wrestling Podcast. That'll be cut out. That was stupid. No. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm Intern Alex. I am the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. Said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? Who will survive? Stop!
Boxing Federation, Tatanka would be successful. Hey, ever since I was a little bitty boy, I wanted to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to be a law enforcement officer. Treat other people like you'd want to be treated. Try to walk the straight and narrow, because that's the only way you're going to survive in this life. Who will survive? Like the mighty thought, you need to pull out the fantastic force and pick it up, pump it up the bad boy. 